Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, welcome back uh, to another video. It's been a few days and I've missed you, so... Um, I'd like to, as always, thank you for being there. Thanks for being there for each other. And thanks for being part of this channel and supporting me in uh, getting the knowledge out there to as many people as possible. So, guys, if you're new or if this is your first time watching a video here, consider subscribing at the end. That would be great. Um, and let me know what you think of the video. Um, today I'd like to talk about, um, what it feels like to be loved by a narcissistic, narcissistically personality disordered person. Um, I know it's impossible and it's not a credible thing to do to say that any of us can diagnose someone with narcissistic personality disorder. That's up to the professionals. But um, it is possible to recognize if someone you were with in a romantic relationship or otherwise has a huge amount of the traits that we associate with this disorder. I know initially when I was learning about it, um, I would have rejected it. I didn't want to accept that the person that I'd been with and the real love in my feelings that I'd felt at the time could be not as I would have perceived them to be, but from going through a series of rejecting the knowledge and coming back to it and finding unarguable, um, unarguable traits that were actually there in the person that I was with, it was in the acceptance of the fact that this was the experience I'd been through that was the start of my healing journey. So it's just so important to to get the knowledge, uh, to look at it and then to make an ass assessment yourself as to what level of toxic toxicity there was in the relationship that you were in, whether it was a family member, friend or your intimate partner. And it will help sort things out in your mind as to how to move forward and to examine yourself and to get to know yourself better so that you don't fall into this trap again and that you can Go on a special journey to to new places that you might never have been before. That sounds a bit Star Trek like, but it's actually true. OK, so what does it feel like then to be? I hope you don't mind me having my coffee. I'm just uh, I'm just trying to do a very relaxed video again and gather my thoughts. What does it feel like to be like uh, targeted by a person who has Narcissistic personality disorder, that is that they're a disordered person. OK, so it's going to feel absolutely amazing, like the like you've come home. It'll feel very familiar. This person 
This person will validate you. This person will admire you, give you so much attention, too much attention, a huge amount of intensity. Um, they will, because they're mirroring you back to yourself, you'll feel like that you've come home, that this is the person that you've always been waiting for. And it's the person of your dreams because that's who they intentionally set out to be. Now, you can argue whether they do this subconsciously or consciously. I believe it is a conscious it is. It's a conscious targeting of you and it's a conscious way of getting you to love them. This mirroring business, because if you if it's subconscious at some stage, they have to have done it to someone and found that it works and done it again to someone and found that it works. So if it's subconscious, it was conscious at one stage. Anyway, I won't get into that point too much, but I'm just saying you are targeted. But what does it feel like? So it feels like nothing you've ever felt before. It feels different from a normal um, falling in love in that it feels special. It feels so amazing. It doesn't feel like it would have ever felt before where you'd start to find a gradual happiness and gradually fall in love with someone. This is you've been targeted and it's a very, very intense feeling. And also the narcissist won't leave you alone once they've decided that you that they want you. They want to own you and possess you so that you will do everything they want you to do and give them supply and you will be theirs they don't give you a minute to think. They don't give you time on your own. They occupy all your time. The feeling is so good because they are being your ideal person and they're not taking time for themselves. Remember, you're their investment. They know at this stage that they have to intensely love bomb you because they have to get you to buy into it. They have to get you to trust them. So this is a really intense and full use of their energy period for the narcissist. They're not thinking, they are thinking about themselves totally and that this is going to be for their end game. Their end game is to be able to abuse you down the road and get whatever they need from you. They're putting all their energy into you. And that's when they go off, say, to a new supply they wouldn't be thinking of the old supply at that stage. All and every ounce of their energy is put into you to make you feel high that you've never felt before. They they first of all get you to see, to, to feel fully in yourself, to feel fully validated. And then they get you they mesh in your brain. They get you to kind of go over to them more instead of standing full in your light over to their side because they bring up different issues they have in their life, different problems. And remember, they targeted you for your light and empathy and your kindness and your strength. You go and over to their side and, and help them with their issues in their life. Tell me if you've done this, guys, but I know that's what happened with me. Um, so you're becoming very, very involved in their life and it's all about their life and you're giving and helping because you don't want to lose this amazing feeling, really. You really believe that you're in love and it feels very like love, only the intensity of it is a bit hypnotic is the best way I can describe it. It's like a drug like state. 
where you don't get time to think about yourself and your focus is all is is all on this person and your your future with them. So another part of it is the great future faking that they do. So when they have you possessed and on this high and then you're going over to them to help them and you become like part of them, their lives take over and you're amalgamated then with them. And then the emphasis is, is all on their life. So the two. The other emphasis is that they will give you this huge, beautiful picture of the future that the two of you have together. And they'll be telling you, imagine if you feel this happy now. Well, wait until um, in a year or in a few months or whatever, we get married and then we're going to travel the world and then we're going to, it's going to get better and better and better. And you're kind of going, it can't get better than this, but you're kind of going, oh, I'm on, I'm in here, I'm in, I'm in for this. And then maybe a red flag pops up and it's like someone jumping out of a wardrobe in a dark room and going, boo, and you kind of go, and you get such a fright when you see the red flag and you think, oh my God, is all of this just not real? Is it going to go? And it's too hard to accept because you're feeling too high, it's too hard to accept that this couldn't be true or that this this plan could be flawed or this relationship could be flawed in any way, that your logic comes in and it tells you, gives you loads of excuses as to why not to why not to see that red flag and to justify, you know, even though whatever red flag you've been shown made to someone else be very, very obvious that this person has something wrong with them. You will overlook that and you'll make excuses for it. Uh, because of the feeling that you're getting that the narcissist has given to you. So you've been helping the narcissist, you've amalgamated your personality with them, you're not working on yourself, all your validation is coming from the narcissist. The narcissist has also um, isolated you from family and friends at this stage and they've also, instead of now, instead of all the praise and kind of adulation they would have given you at the beginning of the relationship. They're beginning now to, they resent you helping them it, with the, the narcissist. Remember, the narcissist thinks that they're perfect, they're omnipotent, that they're God. So they can't accept someone else. They can't accept someone else helping them because they don't need help. They can't accept that they need help. So you helping them is an artistic injury and an insult to them. This is so messed up, guys. It's so messed up. So when you start to help them, they resent you. And you being an empathic, normal, neurologically normal person are thinking, feeling good about having been able to help and feeling that you've been able to express your love to the person that you love. And it's a big shock when instead of gratitude coming back and more love and more bonding and closeness, they start to push you away. And they'll do this in very subtle ways, like, say, um, instead of the validation and praise, they'll start to pull away and give you little criticisms, like saying, it's a double-edged sword kind of compliment, like saying, um, Whereas before, maybe they thought that you look gorgeous and what you wore was gorgeous and, you know, what you did was lovely. They'll start to say, you know, 
you do look really well, but you'd look so much better if you did this or this or things would be so much better if you didn't do it that way. So they they kind of get into your head in a kind of a critical way. So when you're helping them and kind of expecting the same as what you got in the beginning, they're beginning to kind of go, you're not really as great as you think you are. But if you listen to me, I'll be able to help you get better. And then they're kind of putting a thought in your mind, like as if there's something wrong with you and that you need them to help you overcome your problem. So instead of getting gratitude for helping them with their huge dramatic life issues, they subtly will turn it around and put you in the position of needing help. It's so crazy, guys. It's so crazy. Then what they'll do is they will maybe give you a mini discard or they all operate in different ways, but using the same tools. So they will they will match the tools that suit you best from their toolbox. So if withdrawing from you works best or if silent treatment works best or if withdrawing sex works best, whatever works best on you to make you feel bad, they'll do. And that's the kind of the withdrawal. So they've drugged you up initially, if you look at it like that. They've given you shots of this narcissistic narcotic. And you have been on highs after highs after highs with little mini lows and they keep bringing the little mini lows in. So it's the kind of shoot you up and let you withdraw to a certain extent until you get to a certain level down. And then they'll shoot you up again with more validation. And it goes on through the love bombing and the devaluation process. But then in order to see how hooked you are, they will withdraw. And again, that can be a mini discard or whatever way they want to do it that's most effective with you. And you will feel very empty because you've amalgamated yourself with them and the future faking that they've done and the isolation from anyone else that could give you a reflection of yourself back. So they've kind of overtaken you and you have become an extension of them and they've worked on you and groomed you to that extent. They've gotten into your mind and gotten into your emotions. So all your emotional regulation is now coming from them. And this is an interesting one because the narcissist is one that needs to be emotionally regulated. But it's at that point when they start to emotionally regulate you and devalue you and withdraw and give you mini discards when they're taking the drug away from you. That's excruciatingly painful because they're trying to take your power away. They're trying to take your essence away and who you are away. And it's so subtle. It's so subtle and you're so emotionally driven by the whole thing that you can't see the wood for the trees or you can't see the narcissist for, for the bees. It's the cluster B personalities. Sorry about that little joke. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then 
maybe they do something so awful that you disc you have to discard them like cheating or whatever brings you to that point or they discard you honestly guys their love was conditional on your cooperation on your cooperation to being manipulated even though it didn't appear to be manipulation at the time it was so subtle the takeover was so subtle your emotional manipulation was so subtle you didn't realize you were become reliant on becoming reliant on them for your happiness and for your emotional regulation You don't expect them to leave or them to give you cause to discard them because their future faking has been so exquisite and the highs they gave you were so exquisite. You don't actually realise and it's very, very, very hard to, in the end, understand that you were addicted, that they got you addicted to a substance a psychological substance, that it wasn't actually love. That it was love on your part because that was your experience and you were giving love and you were being authentic. But what you were getting back wasn't. It was manipulation and fakery. It's so hard to get over because it's not a straightforward process. Your mind is messed up because your mind has to unravel it has to learn about what happened. It has to understand that all the time the narcissist was getting you high on the dopamine and serotonin rushes that, that you were receiving from their immense validation and trickery. You're coming down off that and going cold turkey is excruciating because you don't actually know you don't actually realize you're 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 there battling and thinking this person wasn't good for me it's obvious obvious that they weren't good for me why am i still thinking about them why do i actually want to be in their presence why do i want to know what they're doing it's because you're hooked it's because because your drug pusher has taken away all the supply and you didn't know that you were hooked on a drug i mean I know there are people that say sometimes people are love addicts, that they're they're addicted to love and people are sex addicts and they're all these kind of addicts. You weren't a love addict, but someone came along and conned you into becoming an addict. It's like they were putting heroin in your tea and you didn't realise you were drinking it, but the tea made you feel absolutely fantastic. So there's a lot to overcome when you're kickstarting your healing journey and there's a lot of different steps. But if you recognize and accept that their love was an addictive process and you didn't realize they were putting drugs in your tea or your coffee. Understanding that is a huge step to getting on the healing journey. Now, coming off the drug, I think, is the main thing that holds you back on your healing journey. And I found it was about three to six months, maybe six months, when the fog started to clear. And I guess that's the detoxing from the addic 
the addiction. And, you know, even though you, you know that it was an addictive process, the actual, the stopping, stopping craving um, that high and, you know, your, yourself being regulated and getting yourself back and being on more of a level instead of the huge ups and downs after the discard and not realising that it was an addiction. And I remember one or two people telling me, you know, you were addicted. And I was going, that is so insulting. Don't say that to me. I was, I love this person. And, you know, I thought that they loved me and, and you make all these excuses up. But once you accept that it was an addictive process that you didn't know about, that you were unaware of, and accept that you, what you put into the relationship was genuine and that you have to fight the withdrawal now. And once you overcome the withdrawal and start to work on yourself and get yourself back, that you'll be OK. So, guys, I hope that kind of explained how it kind of feels to to go through the narcissistic process and how painful and desperate you can feel when it's taken away and how manufactured it is and how fake it is and remember the intense periods that how intense they were with you and when they wouldn't want to leave you alone and they wanted you to be with them 24 7. So if you identify with any of this think about the addiction and, and what you went through um, at the end of the relationship and how you felt and that desperate awful dark feeling. That's how the narcissist feels a lot of the time. They wanted you to feel that. They wanted to project that onto somebody else so that they wouldn't have to feel it temporarily. Guys, if you like the video, hit the thumbs up. And um, if you don't like it, hit the thumbs down. And I'd love to hear your comments on this and how you overcame and, and acknowledged the fact that you were in an addictive, um, toxic relationship with a narcissist. Um, take care. I hope everyone is doing very well on their healing journey. The start of a new year. We do not need a disordered personality, disordered person to validate us anymore or ever again. Thanks, guys. Um, love yourselves very well. And I will see you again shortly. Much love. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.